0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Back here for another episode of Wrecked. Top of the morning, Paul. And balance the day to you two. Special guest with us this morning,
1: Mr. Rich. Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Paul.
0: Good morning. As we were talking earlier, uh, our first, second, third, and fourth guests uh, canceled, so we went deep (laughs) into the bench. (laughs) At 11 o'clock last night.
1: (laughs) Rich, can you do this at 8 o'clock? Yeah. Not quite.
0: Oh, Rich! Thanks, thanks for being here, um, and uh, thanks for being a long-time listener, or at least saying that you have have been listening. I, I don't know. Should we quiz him to see if he's actually been listening? Uh, I think he's pretty genuine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, though. Yeah. So, uh, before we get into the, I guess the meat of the episodes, our episode today, Rich, you've you have been listening. Tell me what what what's your take of Wrecked thus far, in your in your time of listening?
1: I think you've continued to evolve uh, and I think impact me and others in more meaningful ways because I think think when talking with Angela last week, I think the fact that everyone experiences loss in some form and this started from the most uh, difficult and challenging loss and that is a, a child. Both of you experienced, and I think over time, it, uh, I feel it speaks not just to people who've lost kids, but who've lost parents, who've lost loved ones, uh, etc. And the other thing I would comment is, Paul's actually gotten pretty good at this. Over 15, <laughs> Don't feed episodes, his ego. So yeah. I mean, the wow. last
0: episode with, with, with Angela, I mean, he said just more Paul. So I think after this one, it's going to be a solo adventure, well, right?
1: I, yes, <laughs> we'll see. Well, part of that's from where he started, right? So I just said he got better. I didn't say he was good. Yeah, <laughs> <That laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, I think uh, there's the, the genuine. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I Very mean, good point. The, the other part that I would comment on, each of them, and my wife and I were talking, she listens to them. We each listen to them differently in our own space. But she says each, how much she... in joy's maybe not the right word how much she finds peace in each one of them having experienced a loss that we'll talk a little bit about here uh, this morning so it's i i commend you guys for doing i know you started in many ways for each other and for yourselves but what you've done and people that you've impacted over the months has i think been um, really special and important thanks
2: for sharing that rich and thanks for being here i love Hearing the word peace and seeing it, the evidence of it ripple out, that's the beauty of what's going on here. So thanks for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You're welcome. Well, Rich, you and your wife have your own loss. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, your, your son Joseph, his birthday is tomorrow. Correct. Is that right? Yep. He'd be, 34? Is he'd that be
1: 34 years old tomorrow. Yeah. Dang.
0: And he would have been your oldest of four. No, he, was our,
1: he was our third. Oh, okay. Uh, See, so yeah, I got it all. Okay. We had a son who was six at the time he was born and a daughter who was four. And, uh, yeah, so, and then we ended up, it was not an easy decision whether to have another one, but two years later we had a, a, another, a fourth child. Yeah. A, a daughter who were so thankful and grateful that we went ahead and did that, but she's been enjoying our life.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Emily. Um, yep. Well, tell us, tell us about Joseph and yeah, tell us that story.
1: Um, so the third pregnancy for Georgianne was probably more challenging. So now our Matthew and Megan were born. Matthew was a C-section and a little bit of excitement at the end, but each of them had been a little bit early in um, Church the pregnancy with Joseph was, its um, the best way to say it, unusual. She had more contractions earlier and didn't feel as well throughout the whole pregnancy. And we had just come back from a call, and uh, she was starting to feel contractions on, on a Saturday morning. It was similar to tomorrow, the 8th is a Saturday as it was 34 years ago. I went to the hospital, and I said, you're going to stay here. She was five weeks early, 35 weeks, and, and uh, he was born you know, just before midnight after a fairly long labor in the hospital, and all the APCAR scores they do when your baby first comes were normal, and he went in the well baby nursery, and after we'd had some time with him, and I stayed for a couple hours, and our friends had taken... Um, our Matthew and Megan are six and four-year-olds so I went over to see them and did a little sleep and brought them back to the hospital I got back to the hospital he was in the, he was in the, NICU, in the NICU unbeknownst to us and, and he had he wasn't breastfeeding very well when he first came out which is unusual but he had a little bit of a cough and the pediatrician when he came in in the morning doctor doctor Cornwall said something's not right so put him in the NICU and they thought maybe he just had a couple a couple days, three days, and over those ensuing eight days they tried and you know, they gave him some things to help with his his breathing because that was a thing, one of the struggles. And what it turned out he had was a group B strep, which you know, in most people you don't even notice it, but in a baby and in an infant. And it's one of those things that just over the eight days, they tried all kinds of things, between a drug that was still in trial for his respiratory distress, and then they did something called ECMO, which was a, um, to oxygenate his blood. they take his blood out and help him with oxygen, and over that eight days, tried that, and he was on that a lot. But eventually, the infection just overtook his little person. And um, so, at the eighth day, he he passed we never got him out of the hospital and the kids never got a chance to hold him i did that first night a little bit um, but that was uh that was it so, at what
0: point did you guys realize it was getting pretty serious i mean probably
1: about the third or fourth day um first couple days you know you go in you're optimistic for sure yeah. a couple days he'd be out and not a, not unusual for a five-week mature <laughs> baby to go into a um, to a NICU and um, but then, when he wasn't, when they kept trying different things, and they bring in neurologists, say this could happen with this, and the heart heart doctor, you know, we're gonna, this is what we're gonna do with his blood. And, yeah. And many just you could just see him over the eight days, all hooked, wired up and everything that uh, he was retain, trying to retain fluid, and that's when and the infection just overtook his body, and, and probably about I don't know if it was a fourth, or fifth, sixth day, he thought this might not end well. We might not ever get it home. So Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: How much of that was attributed to the um, premature birth? I mean, was it No, it was really the infection separate? Of, okay. yeah.
1: And it's um, one of the I guess if there's a good thing that came out of it, Georgiana and I both feel this that the it's a very simple procedure to too, because it's the woman who carries it, and I forget the number. Something like 25% of all women have group strep mm-hmm. that they carry. And what happens if they know they have it? They can treat them okay. with antibiotics during the it and any, they can treat them with antibiotics to give um, to not have it passed to the baby. And, you know, we didn't know that. doctor didn't know that. In St. Luke's after this, to our understanding, changed the procedure. They do test for group B strep with women who are pregnant and if they do have group B strep, they give them antibiotics as they begin labor and there's a good, you know, nothing happens, it doesn't pass to the baby. But they, it's not what it was or maybe they weren't aware. So hopefully no other family had to go through it either because it It's quite frankly, a pretty simple, you know, process and and treatment ahead of anticipating that it might happen.
2: And there could be the silver lining of that Yep. Experience.
1: Yeah, there's one thing that came out of it, and as you know, as you've talked, there are many other things that you don't wish to find out about yourself or your relationship, and um, I still remember Georgia and I were talking last night, we always, this time of year is always a hard one for me. I'm sure, yeah. And um, our doctor was uh, the pediatrician that came in and he said, um, we will take care of Joseph. You need to take care of yourself and your kids. Mm. And um, I don't remember at that time or later, he said, when things like this happen, when you experience loss like this, one of two things happen. Couples either get closer together or they, yeah, tends to pull them apart. It may not be permanently, but through that grieving process, as you've said many times, each of us grieve in a very different way. Um, both male and female and husband and wife and yeah very much yeah. so um, you know we, we I think for us it got brought us closer And you know we just celebrated 46 years of marriage uh, congrats a couple of weeks ago and, and not that that nice. made the difference and I think we had a strong marriage going into it but you just appreciate each other and life and friends and,
0: um. yeah yeah well thanks for sharing yes, sharing that thank you for that you know, when we talked to Angela a couple weeks ago, now um, that's one of the things, you know. And, she, and I know this is not exactly the same. But she she mentioned um, because we we're talking about our different listeners, and at, we asked her kind of what what she would suggest we kind of bring to the f- forefront and talk talk about. And she talked about you know premature, you know, um, I guess stillborn or or premature deaths for for infants and and things and and you know, although Joseph was, was born, you know, and you had him for eight days, sounds like, um, kind of maybe similar vein that you didn't really have a full life with him. Um, right. and probably not a lot of memories. I see you brought a, a memory book and, yeah. and so I'm curious, like on that is like, you know, when you have such a early death like that, like how, I don't know, how do you, how do you process that so for, so for me for example i've talked so much about the memories that you hold on to right and that's that's what carries you through um day in and day out and, and you just kind of really build on those memories and so i'm just curious for you and kind of georgiana it's like what is that like for you guys
1: well when i don't remember if we were talking the other yesterday about whether who recommended but there's a was a wonderful doctor at saint Luke, she's retired now. We actually see walking on the trails a lot, Dr. Bonnie Bestel, who dealt a lot with pediatric cancer and death and grieving, and she's just a wonderful human. And uh, she came in, I don't know if it was early on, a couple days into her talking, she goes, I don't know how this will, maybe it was right at the beginning. I don't, you never know how this will turn out, but you need to assume it's gonna be good and take pictures. And take photos, even though it's you're not up for that. Because those, if it does not, you know, well, these are the memories you're gonna have. Yeah. And um, so we took photos of, and in this little book, there are photos of when he was born, and Georgiana and I were just thrilled. And and um, and then when we have only one or two photos like that, and then we took some photos, and the kids came that next morning but he was already in the NICU with, with her, not with a baby, and then lots of pictures of in the NICU with the nurses and doctors, and, um, and that's kind of what we have to hold on to in our own memories of that, and we have, you know, whether it's every year, or we'll pull it out and, and share it, and, and, uh, yeah. and yeah. I, th- I think the other hard, so that's really, I guess, as helpful as anything can be. The other hard part is when you see kids around that's either family, friends or born about the same time, or you meet kids that are friends of friends or cousins that are, you know, they'd be 34 and you look at them, oh, that's what, that's that that would be Joseph's tribe, or they'd be, right. that's what he might look like, or that's what he'd be experiencing over these 34 years, so that's hard, but, you know, I, anyway. Everyone goes through loss and everyone at some level and some are harder than others, but they're they're all hard or some are, are They're just different and We've just and part of it is we have very strong faith and belief in, in, um, in our Catholic faith and We all go sometime and, uh, yeah. and it's, you Just have to believe as we do and that there's a, another life after this and that, that helped us also
2: So you got in touch with Bonnie Vestal right away and she's come up in our conversations. I don't know if they've been on the air or with Skip Pierce off the air because he or she was important in his and his wife's recovery. And I I heard that name also early on and I went to see her because I was really struggling with the heaven thing and my faith in general, I was so pissed at God, I didn't know. I didn't, I just didn't get it. And uh, so I had a session or two with her and it didn't help. And then flash forward, I went back after I got my new set of glasses and uh, matured a little bit and saw, I don't know, I got better. And so I went up, same office, same smells. She was a little grayer and was saying the same message. And this time it, it, it hit me, and I was able to digest it, argue with it, debate it, uh, internalize it. All those things that I was looking for came out of a 40-minute session with someone who has helped thousands of people I imagine, and you met her in the first week of Joseph's life, and I think that's got to be a God thing. And uh, so you mentioned the some good things that have happened because of your experience, and I don't know. I, another thing for me is how our loops close, and I hear that name, and then my mind goes, and we backtrack, and that's why that happened. You know, if I'm open to it, I finally get to see, ah, more was revealed. And then I get to know my little answers. So, again, because of us sharing, because you came this morning, and uh, all that is powerful. Our words are so powerful. Yeah. So there's a. shout out to Bonnie Vestal too I don't know if she's still practicing or not no
1: she's retired we actually see her probably once a couple times a month on the trails and and hiking and
0: And so do you stop and oh yeah
1: we stop and visit is she a a grief therapist or a counselor I I don't know all of her career she was a pediatric oncologist right we had a, a another friend a guy that I used to work with at HP who sadly passed away with cancer five years ago that planning a golf tournament next week that honors him and Jack Selick. Um, yeah. Many a friend of us Jack, who died at 20 of cancer and, and um, I know he helped, she was his oncologist and helped uh, Ryan was his name. Um, that was probably about the same right after Joseph, a couple years after Joseph passed. And, and now, and then she, I think, more focused on counseling for a while after she, this is my, now she's just very active you know you'd look at her and this girl woman could walk or run a 20 miles or you know just very and still has the same peace back to the word peace you said she has yes. peace about her that just just radiates permeates and radiates yeah
0: I haven't met this lady I would we love to I would love to run she into her really, again you know I'm Maybe a guest on the podcast someday? I think she
1: could be unbelievably powerful okay. as a guest. Yeah. I was <laughs> say.
0: Next time you see her on the trail. Yeah. Actually, if you get her contact, that'd be great. Um, you know, a lot of the times we talk on this about, um, whether it's the conversations we have, the books we read, just to, re- to be able to relate and not feel alone in your grief journey and, and, and loss. And I often wonder, you know, in a situation like yours and, and your wife's, um, and, and I say your wife's because I don't know if she, she wants... I guess you already mentioned her name, yeah, so I'm just... Not... Yeah, you, you and Georgia. Yeah. You still uh, haven't mentioned his last name, though. <laughs> That's up to him. <laughs> um, threw me off. So, um, you know, when you have... And I think of, you know, when you have stillborn birth or something like that, like how... Maybe alone, it, you would feel. I'm I'm just projecting. Maybe what it would feel like, and the difference it would feel like for for that type of loss versus having a loss that after well, that happens. You know, over time, when you know, whether it's right. like with my son being yeah. 16 or Sarah being nine, where they have, you know, they have lived a certain amount of life and and people know them and and know you with them and, and those types of things and so when you lose someone you have a community that rallies around you they they you know and certainly felt that for me a lot of that thanks to you rich um, and your your leadership last year as we went through that um, but we weren't alone, you know, yeah. and when we had a funeral for Brayden, it was, it was full, it was, you know, and, and I felt, we felt very well connected and, and, and supported. But I could imagine, you tell know, me if I'm wrong.
1: No, actually, it's a good point, and something we were very thoughtful and intentional about, we up, did have a funeral for him. We debated, we actually wrote an obituary, and I don't know if it was Bonnie, or it was our own, or... We worked with Father John Worcester. I think you, you know, Father John helped us through that. Um, we ended up having a we wrote an obituary about him, short, and there wasn't a lot of life to comment on, but how special he was and what joy he brought to us in those days and perspective he brought. And then we had a funeral three days after his birth at St. John's. Uh, well. Wow. we were blown away with the number of people who shut up.
2: I can't imagine. uh,
1: Yeah. But it was Uh, so helpful. I mean, you know, it was, and we had special friends who who were there for us who helped with our kids. Georgia and mom and dad. Sadly, her mom just passed away a couple weeks ago. 91, Mm. almost 92. They were, we called and they were there the next day, they took care of the kids and, and helped us. And, um, and uh, you know, I was working at HP, and HP at that time was a lot like a family and community. I mean, they're, yeah, it was. And then we had one special, you and I talked a lot when you lost, when you, lost you and Amy lost Braden. That we had one friend who every month on his birthday, would bring flowers to our door you know knock on the door there was Teresa with flowers and a little note one of the hardest things is you get so much attention and and love and support those first days and weeks and and then life goes on and other people experience loss and they they go on with their lives and you just have this blank um, feeling you know this hole in your heart Georgianne was relaying, you know, talking about going to see a, her doctor, her, her GP. She mm-hmm. was saying, she said, I'm just feeling stress. And, this and, that. and he said, you have a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be painful. So anyway, this friend that brought you know, flowers every day for every birthday, every the eighth of every month for a year, you know, she didn't forget about it. Nice. and That meant so much to us, and not that other people didn't and were right. sure. present in our lives, but it's those kinds of things over. The, as you, everyone moves on with your life, you have this. How can we move on? I know you guys have talked about that, both yeah. personally and. Yeah,
0: it's and funny you say that. People. I was have I went on a bike ride with with Travis, who was one of our guests a while back. Him, him and his wife Heather lost Rylan last. Um, September or October and um you know they're still in their their first year and we just you know we're in a month out of of our you know almost a month out of of our first year of our loss and um we were talking just you know about a lot of things on our bike ride we'd stop every once in a while and just just chat which is great um but that's one of the things that you know I've noticed just we we talked you know earlier about you know the second year being supposedly difficult you know even or maybe some people would say even more difficult and I still can't imagine it would be more difficult than the first year but i think one of the differences in that first year one everything's new and you're just you're just trying to survive and navigate through all the first but you also have so many people that are still in tune with your loss and 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 you know over time you know, and it's natural and it's expected, you know, life moves on for, for, for everyone. And, and, you know, the circle, I guess right now for us has definitely shrunk, which is to be expected, but you start to feel, I wouldn't say more alone, but definitely, um, in more solitude with your grief and your, and your loss, it still is not any less painful it's you're still very much dealing with it but you're now kind of it's like the training wheels are off you're yeah. on you're yeah. kind of on your own if mm-hmm. you will I mean that, that sounds maybe a little bit more harsh than That's than really well put Mike it's exactly
2: I mean I can relate to that because like you said Rich you're bombarded with all of that and then I don't know for me it was like the very next day after the funeral the birds still were singing out my window and the sun was up and it was a beautiful spring day. And it's like, now what? Yeah. You know, and then like you say, they slowly ripple away in this case, not on purpose, but because life is lifing them. And yeah, we learn how to adjust. Thank goodness. And, uh, and speaking of that, I didn't know about riches family's experience until I talked to him at Braden's service and I taught one of your kids and you've been one of my favorite parents but I didn't know that and then here's the prime stage for him to share that with me and then here we are again and our our heads are nodding together because that bond is now I mean I really like that as much as I hate talking about my feelings, <laughs> I like that I have to do that with, uh, with dudes. You're getting pretty good at it though. Thank you. I
0: and mean, I
1: think one of the other things that um, was really hard in the, in the months, the days and weeks and months after. Oh, I love that background music. <laughs> um, <laughs> Never fails. And I think this, this is gonna be a good story. <laughs> for and a lot of what we went through is similar to what people have miscarriages particularly later in pregnancy and um that's a loss that sometimes i think we as a society minimize that for the agreed myself included father you know you just oh yeah that happens and it happens more than you think and you know our daughter just recently had a had a has a wonderful five almost six month old baby boy but she went through several miscarriages to get there and has an older daughter so it was like what's going on here a mm-hmm. loss well, she felt but for Georgianne and other women who either have stillborns or death laden or baby doesn't make it out of the hospital like Joseph like Joseph's situation is you go to the store and you, ended, you know, your your so close circle of friends know what happened, or people that you work with, it finds out, and I'm sure you've had this mic you know, or your kid's doing, somebody hadn't seen it in a while, and maybe didn't know. She'd go to the store, and people, how? oh, you know, last time I saw you pregnant, you know how? It's like, you start to feel it, and then you yeah. start to, if you start to tell the story, then you make them feel bad, so you feel bad that you made them feel bad. So she just, again, we were talking the other day, she started going to go into the store at 10 o'clock at night when she wouldn't run into anybody, you know, just mm. to avoid... Avoidance tactics. Avoid, you yeah. know, having to have that conversation or mm. share that. So you just do what you can. But the, for people who are miscarriages and and it's a different process and different set of challenges you face. But
2: different, yes, but still grief. And it yeah, took me absolutely. a long time to, you know... I guess I was by nature comparing, you know, how could, I don't know, it sounds really weird to say it out loud, you know, how could a stillborn be worse than having the time with your baby or your young adult, or, and then it's like, no. Again, back to those that maturity and those new set of glasses and years of therapy and Opening my eyes to what really is going on. I mean, and, and then tying it with uh, Angela being in the grief business. Yeah. Grief is uh, it's different, yes, but it's still that gnarly emotion. Yeah. And I feel, finally feel good about
0: understanding that. I think it's a lot of what we do as a society is kind of put things on a spectrum of. Right. bad to worse or a we're good, forced good to, to rate Yeah. And, um, I'll, I just concede to the fact that I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have a miscarriage. Right. I, I don't know what, what, uh, what that would, would be like. How would I, um, but I have to know, I guess what I do know is it is, it, it is going to be a, a loss and a, and you're going to, you're going to have very, you know, go through your, your own journey of grief and loss and it's Mm -hmm. it's, that person is part of you and you know once they're conceived and it's there and I I, yeah I don't know what it's like but I can imagine it would be um, very difficult and then there's some other layers to it as well like what you said is you know oh you know I thought you were pregnant or whatever else and now you have to answer those questions or yeah and how difficult that would be Mm -hmm. as well
1: yeah the other thing I think for us we had a six- and a four-year-old, and I know, Mike, with your two daughters. It's like, this isn't just about us and our grieving process. And, you know, these, they were excited to welcome and bring a baby brother home, and they never really, they never got, the only time they held him was when they took him off life support and we went into a, a room at St. Luke's. Another thing Bonnie recommended, and we held him as he passed, right? Wow. Yeah. And they got to hold him, <laughs> Yeah, Georgia wow. and I. Um, I would held him once the day he was born, and then or a couple. Of them, I mean, while we had him in the room, and then I left, and went in the nursery, and or was in the. I don't remember was in the room in the nursery. But I remember yeah. saying goodbye in there. So, hmm. so you got to focus on their what the shock they've gone through, and, and their development, and their you know, loving them, and helping yeah. them get some peace through this process.
2: And maybe an overdue
0: podcast hearing from the siblings. Yep. Yep. We need to come back to that for sure. Because I think that is a a forgotten cast, if you will, that um, I don't think, you know, I don't, again, I'll go back to, I don't, I can't personally say I understand what that's like to have lost a brother or sister, regardless of age. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seven siblings. They're all still here, you know, but I understand it maybe a little bit more, having, you know, obviously worked and talked through talked through a lot of different emotions and things with my daughters. But uh, I really don't know what it's like. But I do know some of the struggles that we've talked about about feeling alone and maybe you know I I've, this you know my daughters are in their twenties and oftentimes twenty year olds are pretty narcissistic and think about themselves you know for. That's just t- their time of the life. Their life, and I know my daughters have both struggled with, um, some of their closest friends or some of those those people closest to them that they would think would be, you know, conscientious about thinking about. Oh, it's his birthday, or it's the you know the anniversary of his death. You know, when they don't reach out, or they, they that that hurts them. And, right. and as adults, you have more people that are more conscientious or thoughtful right. of, of that. And you know, we're just in different stages of life. And I think that that is another factor in, in in the grief, depending on where where they're at and their um yeah and their age and those types of things. So I think yeah, that, that's a good podcast to come back to. Yeah, agreed. So I had uh, one memory come up.
2: When I was in first grade, we had a little dude named Johnny Helbling. He had a kidney disorder and he passed away. And I remember to this day going to his funeral mass and he had a whole bunch of siblings and they were all lined up there in the front row. And uh, the size of his casket Did you have to pick a really tiny casket?
1: And I'm sorry if that's a silly question, but it's on my mind. We actually had him cremated. And the fall after he passed, we spread his ashes up at Galena Summit in a really peaceful, beautiful setting. Nice. We didn't have to do that. Good. We wanted him to be where flowers grow and animals graze. That's that's such a... It's a place we try and get back to on a. I was going to ask,
0: yeah, how often
1: do you get get back we up there? The, the first couple of years, more last time we went, a couple of years ago. It's also a place they run sheep in the summer, and there was a sheep camp and uh, you know a camp wagon <laughs> trying to get down this little you know dirt road. And we think that's the place, yeah, and but we can't get by the you know the wagon and the. There were Peruvian sheep there. Oh, you know, wow. it was it was. Uh, if it could be funny, it was it was pretty colorful. Oh, thank you for that. That's but. exactly what I needed to yeah. uh, help me with yeah. Johnny Helbling's Yeah, yeah. No, it's memory know good for that. you. Yeah. So Rich, 34
0: years since his passing, and felt some emotions today. Yeah. I mean, is that you know common I, now? I mean, no, I mean, I it's. Think
1: it comes, being so close with you, Mike, and working with you at the school and, and um, trying to be whatever help we could to you and Amy and into the community was really important. That brought out some, your podcasts bring out some, but on a day-to-day basis, you know, our, our, uh, my past, our passcodes and different things we have all connect to him somehow. Um,
0: we'll edit that out.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Gonna be <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. But so he's—I think of him every day. I mean, and when I put something mm-hmm. in, or um, I think of him every day, but not in the in the way that I did. But things bring it out. This podcast brought it out. His around his birthday, and I grieve differently than Georgianne. She's more private. I tend to more talk, want to talk about it with people. And, um, but there's a hole in your heart for forever. And I've heard you say, I say that on prior podcasts, and it's—you just have to put one foot in front of the other and realize you got life to live and kids. And now we have three grandkids to to love and support, and, and a wonderful community we're fortunate to live in. And, and you know that probably if we ever thought about moving from Boise 10, you know, we'd been here ten years when he was born and passed away the love and support we felt from the community it's like yeah. this is a place we want to spend the rest of our lives and mm-hmm. you know well, 34 I know. years later we're still here
0: yeah and I know we've talked about you know the just the relief sometimes it feels to have some emotion and you know to be able to purge and and, and share just have that you know ex- experience I had I had one of those last night um, that I want, I want to share just it's been a while. I mean, I feel like I've just been kind of in this. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit of a funk, but just kind of just go through the day to day. But you always have, you know, him on your mind, and and you're always thinking about Braden and and that. But uh, we had dinner with some friends um, that have one kid at BK and one at, that that will be there in a couple of years, and um, they brought the kids along because you know. Anyway, I have a relationship with the with the boy that's BK and we just wanted to say goodbye and thank you and all the kind of things. So, as we were walking out of the restaurant, the younger boy, he's 13 going on 14 and um, he's kind of a skinnier kid and and as we were walking out, he was kind of wrestling around a little bit with his brother and then on the way out, he was. Um, they have this uh, a relative that's in town from the Bass Country, and and she's 18, and and they were doing because we started talking about translation because of my my trip and different yeah. translator apps, and so, so this boy was, you know, writing funny things and then and then showing her and said, "Do you know what this means?" And he, I looked over his shoulder and it was like, "Are you a monkey or something like that?" And he was just doing silly things, and I was just like, as he was walking out, I was seeing these mannerisms that just like brought me back to to Braden and I, I just saw saw Braden in this kid like as as he was walking out and I just you know even that little message just the goofiness and as Amy and I were getting in the vehicle I saw him walking across the parking, and the way he was walking and putting his hands Wow, You know, they talk about how smells like trigger so many memories in this case It was just some visualizations like of watching him and and seeing him and how he's interacting with his brother and the goofiness and Just so many things I got in the in the vehicle to leave and I just Yeah, I just
1: kind of lost it just Visualization for us is a white butterfly. And I don't remember, Georgiana's better memory of these the details than I do, but around his passing, it was a white butterfly. And we were in the backyard last night having dinner and talked about it, and then it white butterflies. And yeah. We were talking about it. But you didn't call at 11 o'clock, you called earlier. <laughs> it was, yeah. And sure they said I said that. know, Are you okay if I do this? And what are your memories? And what do you think you don't want me to? you know what do you not want me to share Yeah, she was pretty open but then I looked and said there's a white butterfly oh beautiful there's your sign you just feel Joseph's presence yeah yeah Yeah. when you get those moments you just
2: yeah yeah. right and I'll go back to what I said earlier I wasn't sure I was ready for that kind of sign but I think now I think Braden's involved in that little sign through I don't know, through whatever, yeah, I think I believe that our spirits are so big they don't go away, they come out other places, and for you to notice that, and for us to all uh, nod about it, and uh, it brings him here with us today, yeah. and uh, with Joseph's birthday tomorrow, it brings him here, and uh, I'm really pleased with uh, what we get what we got to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. So thanks again it's, for sharing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, Rich, any closing thoughts or comments and, or suggestions for a for future podcast
1: here? I think you hit on a couple. Um, I think siblings. I think you might consider miscarriages, women who've been through that. And, fa- and ha- couples who've been through that. Yeah. Lots, particularly ones who've been trying, trying, trying. And, uh, but I just appreciate what you guys are doing. And I know I'm one of thousands who feel that way and everyone gets something from it different um, but I think you um, you help talk about things that are not often talked about in ways that uh, bring insight and peace and understanding and I think empathy for others you know I think if nothing you know every time I think I had it we had it bad you can find someone who has a uh, in other situation, your ability to reach out and that's a fact and so i i just thank you for what you're doing yeah. encourage you to keep it up you know i know it's hard and thinking about it and you guys are exposing yourselves in ways that you're not always comfortable with and you know watching paul on his journey over the past 20 some odd years and even the past six months seven months since you've been doing that so thank you for that
0: yeah thank you well I'm going on a big trip, so this is going to be all on Paul to continue this and reach out to me So um, while I'm on my trip. So hopefully we can get a couple podcasts um, maybe while I'm on the bike, on the Camino, who knows? Overseas. Yeah, so... so, so I look if, forward to it. If you're out there and you don't see the next episode and it's been weeks or months, um, let me share Paul number. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, uh, I hope to hope to connect again here soon in the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll see how that goes. Peace so, till then. All right. We're Peace. out. Thanks everyone.